0: Oh, probably just about eight days
1: away or so, our church is going to be 72 years old. Our church started December 6, 1939, and so we're getting ready to celebrate our 72nd anniversary as a church in our community. So I thought this would be a good time to take a pause. We're getting ready to get back into Luke, and I thought this would be a good time to take a pause to talk about the church. Talk about who we are as a church and what I believe and I see God doing in our midst and really pose a challenge to us here today collectively. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I feel that, and I have said this for a while, that God is getting ready to do something with it. How many remember me saying something like that a couple years ago, three or four years ago? I've been saying that. But I really believe that we're on the threshold of God doing something wonderful in our church. But we've got to be on the same page. We've got to be thinking in level about what church is. And so we're going to talk about, we're actually going to talk about a journey. We're going to talk about, for the next two weeks, about you and I being on a journey. You know, I used to say all the time, I have pastor friends, I have friends, some other pastors who every once in a while will call me and consult me and ask me questions and stuff. And I will often say to them that the church is our sanctification, meaning the pastors. The church is our our process of becoming like Jesus Christ. The other day it it dawned on me that the church is all of our sanctification. The church is all of us progressively on this journey to become more and more like Jesus before we go to be with Him. So we're all on this journey together. There is something that God wants from every one of us that He wants us to be, every one of you. God's got a plan for every one of you. He wants you to be something as a part of His ultimate plan. But there is also a journey that we collectively are on as we become what God wants us to be. See, God has a reason for Kerwinsville Christian Church existing in this community, in this county. And He wants to do something through us. But we've got to change are thinking about some things. So we're going to look here in a moment at some incorrect thinking that we have about what church is. And then we're going to see what the Bible encourages us to do as far as being a church from Hebrews chapter 10. So let's first of all, let's look at the incorrect thinking. Most people really view church, really with this first one, church is seen just as a worship service. That may be you here today. The reason why you showed up here is because you wanted to go to church. Now, in your mind, church is this building, and it's the worship service on the inside. And so to most of us, church is simply that one hour every week where we show up, we give some money, we sing some songs, and we hear a message from George, and hopefully it's something that I can maybe find something out of for my life. Folks, that is not what church is. That's the farthest thing from what church is. But yet, so many of us, and maybe you're here today, that's what you think of church as it's just a worship service. Church is just a worship service. In fact, that makes it bring us up to the next incorrect thought that we have. Attending church is being a spectator. Attending church is being a spectator. So if you view church as simply just a worship service, then you're just a... You're just a body in a seat. You're a spectator. You're here basically with the mentality of, bless me, let me enjoy this time. And, and so that's why music will be a big thing to you, whether you like the music or not. That's why whether or not George is able to deliver a good message to you or not really matters to you because you're here to get something. In fact, that's my next point. Church is a place to get something. We have this mentality that I come to church... For what I can get. And if we don't deliver the goods, I might not be back. And all of that, my friends, is wrong thinking. In fact, let me just go ahead and say that if you operate on those three thoughts, just a worship service, I'm just a spectator, and I'm here to get something, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, it'll, it, you might be okay for the moment. In fact, you might be okay for a couple of years. You might be okay for even longer than that. But when something happens, remember, we already just talked about that. We just did a series about the junk that happens in our lives. When stuff happens in your life, and believe me, it will, you begin to think in terms of, you begin to wonder, you begin to ask, well, well man, I don't need that church thing it's not relevant to my life and where i'm at right now. And you know what? You're right. If you're just a spectator, if you're just showing up for a worship service and you're just here to get what you need to get, you're going to realize real quickly that that type of church isn't going to satisfy you at all. Do so you say okay then? If if all of that is wrong, George, then why are we here? What kind of church do we need to be? Well, that's where we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, folks. We're going to spend some time today looking at what the essence of church is. So I want you to, for some of you here, if that's your opera, if you've been operating on the assumption it's just a worship service, I'm a spectator, I'm here for what I can get, I want you to chuck that thinking for a moment. And I want you to allow God to speak to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to say something to you today. To allow us to get on the same page, because we're on the threshold of something here, folks. We're on the threshold of God doing something mighty through us. Not the building, not the organization, but through you, because you're the church. So let's look at what he says there. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 through 25. The writer of Hebrews says this, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here's what I want you to see. We can really divide this passage in a couple of main sections here. We're going to talk about you first, because in order to talk about the church, it starts with you. And then we're going to talk about real church. We're going to talk about what God says He wants the church to be. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When we talk about what God wants the church to be, I'm just going to have to admit to you, The church hasn't done a good job collectively in our country of being a real church. I mean, today you can make all kinds of statements about the church, but a lot of times it's not what the Bible says about what church should be. But in order for us to be that kind of church, what do we need to be? First of all, it starts with you. We're going to look at that in verse 22 and 23. In order for us, Kerwinsville Christian Church folks who are here today, to be the church that God wants us to be as we're on the threshold of Him doing something, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with me. So what does that mean? Well, the first thing we see there in verse 22 is it's about drawing close to God with a true heart. If we're going to be what God wants us to be as a church, it's about you and your relationship with God. It's about you drawing near to Him. It's about something more for your life than just simply believing Look with me at what the writer says there in verse 22. I think it's pretty profound. Let us draw near with a true heart. A true heart. What does that mean, a true heart? That means being real. Draw near to God being real. So many of us are just hypocrites even when we approach God. We're not real with Him. We try to put on our best front with Him like He doesn't see through our hypocrisy. Let's be honest, folks. We're hypocrites. The reality is God sees right through the midst of all of us. He sees all the junk in our lives. But what He's saying to us here, the writer saying, is that when you draw near to Him, you draw near to Him with a true heart, you be real before Him in full assurance of faith. What? Trusting in Him. Realizing, look, you know what? I don't have any reason to come before you, Jesus, but the fact that you died for me, I can't stand on my own. So let me just stop for a moment. None of us here can enter into the presence of God and say, Hey God, I'm worthy to stand in your presence because I go to that church or I got raised in that family. The reality is none of us have any standing before God. But he's telling me, draw near. You know, I said we're on a journey, so let me just stop for a moment. Let me just kind of make this point with you. I want you to think about your Christian life for a moment. I want want you to think about your faith. I want you to think about where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. And here's the question I have for you as you think about that. Is there something inside you that wants something more? Do you want something more? Do you want something more from your relationship with God? Do you? I mean, if, if, it's, if it's just a service, if it's just coming to church, if it's just reading my Bible every once in a while, if it's just praying and hoping He'll answer me, and you're content with that, you're never going to see God in a mighty way. But if you're here, and and you can sit there, and you can honestly say, Lord, George, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking over my life, as I'm looking over me and my relationship with God, I want something more. I want to know He's real. I want to know that He's interacting in my life. Folks, that's my desire. Here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Draw near. Reach out. Now, some of you are saying, well, you know, hey, you don't know what I've done. In fact, I've heard other people, Christians, tell me that there's no way I can get to God because of what I've done. I want you to chuck that. He can accept any of us. The question is, is do you want something more? Do you? you got to ask that self your question. Then draw near. It's about drawing closer. See, it starts with you. If we're going to be the church God wants us to be, it's got to start with you folks. It's got to start with me. And it's got to be all about that we want something more in our life than just an empty, blank faith. We want to see the reality of Jesus every day in our lives. It's not about what you've done in the past. My friends, He died for you. Your acceptance is not based upon you. It's based upon Jesus. In fact, notice something right before that. Go with me. Verse 19. I left these two verses out. I should have brought them in here. Because how we're able to draw near to Him really tells us in verse 19 and verse 20. Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, and by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. What's He saying here? The basis for me coming to Jesus, coming near to God, wanting something much more, is not because of me and what I've done and haven't done in my life. It's because of what Jesus did for me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I mean, think about it. You know, I was raised in the military. And I remember remember at one time, several different times in my life as a child, we, we lived on Fort Bragg. Now, what's Fort Bragg known for? Fort Bragg's known for a couple of big things in the military. It's known for the 82nd Airborne. And it's known as the home of the Green Berets. Now, the Green Berets, like the Navy SEALs, what are they? They are these elite special forces. And not everybody can become a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL. You've got to go through training. You've got to go through the tests. And if you don't make it, you're not a Navy SEAL. You're not a Green Beret. Now, a lot of us here have that same concept about approaching God. We think that the only way that I can get near to Him is if my life was perfect and I did all the right things and if I did all this, and by the way, George, I didn't, so therefore I can't. That's baloney. You can get near Not because of you, but because of Jesus. See, it starts with you. Here's the other thing he's telling us we've been set free from our sin. Look at with me, verse twenty two. Having our hearts sprinkled from an even evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. You know that's a picture here. He's, He's trying to give us a word picture here of being cleansed. All of us here all of us here have skeletons in the closet. All of us here have things that we regret from our past. All of us here are haunted by things. We have shame. All of us. And the reality is is that when you think about it, it it brings you down, it drags you down, it tears your heart out. And you bear the guilt of that. You bear. But here's what what the writer of Hebrews is saying. is that I can draw near to Him with, with a true heart. I can draw near to Him because He's the one who cleanses me. He sets me free from the guilt and the sin of my past! Isn't that wonderful? We try so many different ways to try to, quote, cope with the junk that we've done in our lives. But it doesn't do anything to take it away, does it? He's the one who cleans us. What a beautiful picture here. He sets us free. It starts with you, my friend. So what can we do? Look with me, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We can stand firm in our salvation. Here's what he's saying. Stand firm. Let us hold fast. The confidence I have that he loves me, and the confidence that I have that he forgives me, and the confidence that I have that I can directly access him anytime, that I can experience him in a wonderful and real way in my life, has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Jesus. And the promise He gave me. And how do I know that that promise is true? Because He says it right there. Verse 23. For he who promised is faithful. It's based on Him. And folks, He doesn't go back on any of His promises. It starts with you. If we're going to be the church that we need to be, if we're on a threshold of allowing God to use us in a mighty way in our community, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with me. It's got to start with me wanting something so much more in my walk with God than the same old, same old that's been going on for years. And to know that I can have a wonderful relationship with Him and see Him in my life. But I've got to draw near to Him. i got to hold fast. i got to have confidence and trust in Him. It's got to start with you. But see, the writer of Hebrews goes on then and he tells us in verse twenty four and twenty five what real church is. That, folks, this is this is reality, what real church is. Because again, so many things are out there right now, so many things are so many things are defining what the church is, and I've read all the books and I know all that's going on out there, I know what the perception that we have right now in our community. When I say we, the church, the church of Jesus Christ in North America, the perception in the in the community and the nation so many things are out there right now defining what the church is. And I'll be honest with you, it's not what the church is. The church isn't a political institution. I don't really care who you vote for here. The church isn't some social action this, they take this issue or that issue. The church is the church of Jesus Christ. And he is the issue. So what does that mean? What is real church, George? Well, here's what it is. Look with me. A couple of things here provoke each other to love and good works. It's a place where you can come and know that people around you are there for the same reason and we're going to provoke each other to what? Love and good works. To doing the right thing. It's going to be a place of encouragement. It's going to be a place of loving you no matter what you have. And let me just go ahead and say you're not going to scare us if you tell us what you've done. So many people have this attitude, well, if they only knew what I really did, they wouldn't really accept me. Folks, you're not going to scare us. If we're real, and I believe God wants us to be real, we're going to love, and we're going to provoke each other to good works. That's reality. In fact, listen to me. Why does he say that? Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, By this shall they know that you are my disciples... By their what? Love for one another. Come on now. Is that what they're saying out there about the church? Boy, that's really a place where they love people. It's the farthest thing from their minds when they talk about what church is today. But real church is a place where we provoke each other to love and good works. And here's the other thing I want you to see. If we're going to talk about real church, it is not an option to miss being with the family. Look at what he says there, verse 25. And not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Even in Paul's day, there were some people who, who saw getting together as a church to be an option. Well, let's see. What do I got going on today? Oh, I guess the game's going to be coming on. Yeah, but it's not interfering with that. You know, okay, I can go to church today. Or next week. Oh man, I was up real late on Saturday night and I can miss today. Well, you know what? If you view it as a worship service, then everything you just said is valid. You can miss today. You don't have to be there today. Oh yeah, you can go on that day. But my friends, real church is more than just a worship service. Real church is people coming together who are going to what? Provoke each other and stir each other to what? Love and good works. It's going to be a place where people are seeking to draw near to God and we're going to, what, encourage each other to experience the reality of Jesus in our lives on a day-to-day basis. So it's not an option to miss out. Because when we come together, we're family. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I know what I'm talking about because you know I'm, I'm here, I've been among you folks for a few years now, and I know how important family reunions are. Kids don't understand. Oh, Mom, we got to go to that. Yeah, you better believe it. But I don't want Aunt so-and-so to kiss me on the cheek again. Just put up with it. I had to put up with it. You put up with it. And you'll go to the family reunion. Because why? It's family. Folks, church is family. But it's a different kind of family. It's supposed to be a family where you're going to be stirred to sense and see the reality of Jesus in your life. So it's not an option to be, miss from being with a family. And here's the other thing. Here's what it says here. Look with me. And I'll give you, uh, let me read to you first and then I'll give you what George's point is here, his, his everyday view of this. But exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What's he saying here? Here's what I said. Watch each other's back till Jesus comes. Church is a place where we watch each other's back till Jesus comes. Why don't you think about that for a moment. How many of you, don't raise your hand. How many of you had a rough week this week? How many of you, it's been a rough month, a rough year. And sometimes, remember, we already talked about this. We, we, we just spent a few weeks talking about this God care. And, and the reality is, remember, we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Am I alone in what I'm facing? And there's that tendency to think, man, if I'm going through it, I'm going through it by myself. Nobody else understands. Is there anybody who cares? Folks, the church, the real church that Jesus is calling us to, is a place where you can come and realize that you're among family and what? They're going to exhort you. They're gonna watch your back. They're gonna be there for you. That's what real church is. But see, so often times we think of church as this place where we gotta dress up to to come, and we gotta be snooty, and, and you know, if you're not the right type of person, then don't be here. But if you're the right type of person, hello. And that's the concept we have of church. That's not real church. That's fake church. Aren't we tired of fake? He's calling us to something so much more. So much more. A place where we're going to provoke each other to love, good works. A place where it's family and we're not going to miss it. And a place where I know they got my back when I'm going through it. They're going to be praying up. They're going to be watching over me. They're going to be helping me when they can. I know that when I go there, there's an arm there to love me. And an arm that's going to be there to give me a hug when I need a hug. And a place where maybe... They'll take me to the woodshed if I need to be taken to the woodshed. That's what church is. You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? We're talking about us as a church here. What do we do with this? I got just got two thoughts for you, and I'm going to give you, do something different with you this week. Number one, what's your view of church? How do you view the church? I mean, you came in here with some sort of assumption. Let's just, I'll go ahead and just say it off the bat. its You know what, you are, all of you here are a product of your experiences. And so when you hear church, or you hear Christians, you immediately have an assumption because of some experience in your background. And for some of you here, it's been a negative experience. Because you're sitting there and you're saying, Oh, George, that's awfully nice what you've been saying, but that has not been my experience with church. That has not been my experience with church people. In fact, I found church people to be the rudest, meanest people around. You're right. You're right. But I'm calling us to be something different. I think the Bible's calling us to be something different. But it's got to start with you. So, what's your view of church? If you're one of the spectator only, it's got to change. It's got to change. Folks, it's time to quit complaining about the church. It's time to start doing something about it. It's time to quit complaining and say, oh, there they go again, yep, there's those church people, yeah, look at what they're doing, man, got a bad reputation in town, yep. Yeah, you're right, but what are you going to do about it? You're here, and God's saying to you today, it's time to start doing something, and it starts with you. Which is my next point. Recognize it starts with you. It starts with you. The church can only be what it needs to be if you change. Do you understand? But you've got to want it to change. Change. kind of want it to change. In fact, that's what my action point is for you this week. I'm going to give you one thing every week now when I when I speak. We're going to do some things different here now. You know, I'm going to give you a thought for the week for you to think on for something for you to do. This week it's for something you to think about, not to necessarily do. And here's the thought that I'm going to give you. Here's my action point. Decide what you want our church to be. That's the action point. What do you want our church to be? Do you want it just to be another church service to attend? Or do you want something more? Do you want a church that is a reflection of the living God who is working in their midst, impacting the community around it? Is that what you want? So you've got to make that decision. You've got to make the decision, what do you want us to be? You know, we're 72 years old. Many times in the history the doors could have been closed, but God kept them open for a reason. And God brought us to this point. And folks, we're on a threshold of something different. But it isn't going to happen unless we make that decision. This isn't a decision George can make. It's a decision all of us have to make. What do we want our church to be? Do we want it to be fake? Or
0: do we want it to be real? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.